You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. And I am so excited to dive right in and talk about the great episode that we got from Atlanta. Another good one. This is the model, I think, that it, Bravo, I feel like, you know, they try to follow like a formula with the seasons and even within the episodes. This is the model they should replicate, at least have one episode like this for every franchise. I love that there were lighthearted moments. There were some heavy emotional moments. There was a little bit of drama. There was humor. It was everything you want out of a housewife episode. It's why we all started watching housewives. I think they've gotten away from that. And I, I loved this episode. I honestly can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. And you and I were talking off air about this, but to me watching Atlanta this season so far has honestly made me mad at other shows like (coughs) OC and what we don't get from those ladies. I think some of these OGs and people who have been doing this for a long time become a little bit guarded and don't want to share or be as open and authentic as the Atlanta ladies have been, in my opinion. And also say New Jersey's guilty of this with trying to force fake storylines. Melissa Gorga. Uh, (laughs) Yes. With this fourth child that like everyone knows it's fake. If you follow other Bravo accounts, we're all laughing about this, but let's just dive into Atlanta because it was so wonderful. And I want to spend a lot of time on it. So it starts off with Eva talking to her daughter, Marley, and talking to her husband about how he is going to legally adopt Marley and change her last name. And I, I love this. Um, we definitely want to talk about it more because it got brought up multiple times throughout the episode. It at one point made me cry. The only thing that made me a little, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but I questioned it. Do you think it's okay that Marley believes that Mike is her dad and she has no idea that she has a different biological father? I think right now at the age that she is, it's okay for her to believe that and know that, especially because she is such a young, impressionable kid. And I don't know that she would have the maturity to handle, be able to handle the truth. So I think to protect her, I think it makes sense. That said, I hope, and I'm sure they have plans for it, at least I would think they would, have plans to share that with her when she's a little bit older, because if, I mean, she's on, it was shared on television. So if Eva doesn't tell her, someone else will. So I hope that they have a plan in mind for that. I do think she's so young and I think it would probably cause more harm than good. 
I mean, obviously my four, yeah, four is a pretty young age to have such a heavy conversation because it's also going to bring up most likely a little bit about the birds and the bees. You know, how is he my dad, but not my dad. And at four, they're not going to totally understand uh, all that that implies. And I think Mike is a hundred percent her father. I'm not trying to discredit that at all. I think family is what you make it. I don't think it's genetically or blood at all. I think it's if you want to call your best friend your sister because that's how you feel about them, do it and treat them like your sister. And you don't have to explain that to anybody else in this world. So I love that he's embraced her. He loves her. The fact that he was adopted, this means so much to him. I mean, it really, when they were talking about that as they were leaving court, it really made me cry because I thought it was just so beautiful that someone who grew up understanding the gift that you can give a child by loving them, even though you didn't bring them into this world and fully appreciate that, how wonderful is it that he gets to turn around and do that for Marley and that she's so excited about it. But I do hope that as she gets older, they have a conversation with her about who is her biological father, because like you said, it's out there. And I just also think everyone deserves to know where they came from if that information is available. But it was, I just, it it was so sweet. It was probably my favorite part about this whole episode was that piece of it and I appreciate Eva letting us be a part of it it was and it was just really beautiful to watch it was so beautiful and I was watching them like man she picked a really good man like Mike he's pretty quiet for house husbands <laughs> he's not he's not too loud he's kind of soft-spoken I feel like his presence on the show he kind of speaks when it's important he just seems to have a very nurturing like supportive side to him which is also it's nice to see because we love we love the good housewife husbands we don't always get them but we want to acknowledge that like I I she picked a good one yeah a hundred percent Mike we love you um we also love a good spa day and I, I was really jealous like you made a note of this as they were sitting there I saw as they went into their little hut I saw it said reflexology $60 like that's not that expensive I should be out doing a spa day right now because it's you know Martin Luther King Day our kids are in daycare we're off I wish I would have planned that we should be at a spa Oh, we should totally be at a spa. It sounds so nice. I kind of laughed at the orange outfits that they had to wear, but the face mask, and I don't know that I would want a foot massage, but just being at a spa in general, I think I would really, really like. Yeah, though I'm not a huge foot massage person. Even when I get a pedicure, I'm like, eh, it feels nice. Uh, I would much rather have like a shoulder or neck massage, but the clothing piece of it was a little odd to me. I didn't really understand why they had to wear the clothes provided unless they really just wanted them to, I don't know, feel like they were in this aura Zen type of, you know, situation, but it was kind of weird. I love that every lady tried to do something with her outfit to make it different. Some of them like (laughs) rolled it up, some tied to the side, some rolled their shorts. I was like, oh, you might tell them they have, everyone's wearing the same thing, but they're not going to wear it the same way. And that's why I love Atlanta because those ladies, they're extra. They're very extra. And I really liked, so at the spa, we get the reveal from Tanya. So they talk about, I loved Portia's interview because basically she's like, okay, we all picked up on everything that Kenya was doing with a beautiful <laughs> woman. She was beautiful. Like she said, I didn't realize she said it so many times, but they all picked up on that. Tanya did not seem threatened by it. She shares that she, that Kenya had asked her to take this package over the border when going into Canada. Tanya That's odd. 
which is odd. She didn't feel comfortable doing that. So of course she opened it and it turns out that Kenya wears hair pieces. And then the producers, of course, played a montage of all the times that Kenya says she doesn't wear wigs. That was amazing. I, okay. One, I would have opened up the package too. I completely agree with Tanya that if someone's asking me to cross a border holding their package, I've seen broke down palace. I know that Claire, <laughs> Claire Dane spent her whole life in jail because she <laughs> held some man's luggage and I'm not going to be a victim of that scam either. So I get it. And we've all, if you're, if you haven't seen broke down palace, uh, you're, you're way too young. If you have seen it, you need a night cream, but <laughs> Uh, which I, I obviously am uh, putting myself in that category. But I thought it was really odd. Like to me, if I left something behind and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to ask somebody to carry a package across a border. I mean, even if it's not a suspicious thing, I don't know if a hairpiece and a phone charger for me, I would have just left it in the hotel. Like, would you really have asked a friend to go get it for you? I mean, I guess the better thing she could have done is just had her packet in her luggage, like open it and just put it in her luggage. I think the way she said it was really strange. That said, I did, I was, I felt like the build up to it, I was expecting something more scandalous about Kenya's husband. I thought, <laughs> I don't know, I thought I had something more to do with his double life he was living. I it kind of fell flat and also kind of fell flat in general in terms of getting to Kenya because she was not bothered by it as we saw later on in the episode and like candy said if you're gonna come after kenya you better have something good and i don't think this was that good no and like you said kenya was so on face she's like oh yeah i wore a hairpiece for carnival she owned up to it right away didn't deny it didn't care i i did like how she was saying you know i have a very successful hairline i think she's trying to imply that i i've been lying and i'm not who i say i am the fact that she owned up to it right away leads me to believe that majority of the time we see Kenya, she's probably not wearing a hairpiece just because of the fact that if, if she did wear it all the time, I think she would have denied it and been like, Oh, that was just, I, you know, someone else's or I brought it just in case I didn't wear it. I never do. But she was just like, yeah, I wore it for carnival. I thought it'd be fun. And that was the end of it. I did like though that she basically was like, here comes the shade. You throw this out here and I'm going to fight back. I don't think Tanya's ready to fight with Kenya. That is not who I would have picked. I would have not. I don't think anyone. I mean, we saw it at their later on in the episode while we're talking about it. Might as well just jump. But they so Candy shares that information and they go into the conversation about everything that Tanya shared. And yeah, I wouldn't come after Kenya. I think she I feel like once someone kind of I wouldn't even say threatens her, but tries to come after her, she's going to do everything in her willpower to make your life hell for a minute. She fights dirty too. I mean, she's great TV. I wouldn't necessarily want her as a best friend. She's a beautiful human being though. I will say I would love to just stare at her for hours because she's flawless. She's but I mean, we saw her, you saw her in person up close at BravoCon and you even said she is just as beautiful as you'd imagine. But yeah, she is scary as fuck. I would not have come (laughs) after her. I, the only other person who scares me more to like have a confrontation with would be Nini. And yeah, and those two come stuff. after each other. So yeah. I, yeah, but I love Candy. I love that they call her KMZ. She's going to report the gossip, whether it's confirmed or not, and she's talking about it. I did think it was interesting. She stayed silent when Tanya and Ever- and Portia and Marlo were talking about what was you know Kenya getting at with this beautiful woman, 
and Candy knew what they were talking about, and she said she didn't say anything. And later we found out that Cynthia already told Tanya what was going on. Do you think Tanya's going to be pissed that Candy didn't say anything to her? Ooh, that's a really good question. I mean, I feel like Candy, although she tends to stir the... she Candy has a way of stirring the pot without trying to stir the pot. She stirs the pot by when she chooses to share and not share information, which is, I think, a common theme for Candy based <laughs> on the things she's involved in. So from the perspective that she's in, I think she was trying to just stay a little bit out of it. And clearly her loyalties are more closer to Cynthia and Kenya. But it was, I don't know, it was interesting. <laughs> what do you think? I think she might be a little bit upset because Cynthia came and told her. I think she might have said, I would have liked for you to tell me. But I also think Candy can stand on saying, I wasn't going to bring this up in front of a bunch of women. I don't want to be the one spreading or repeating a story that I don't know if is true. But I could see Tanya being a little hurt that she was directly asking Candy, do you know what she was getting at? Do you know what she was saying? And I think Tanya already knew because I think Cynthia had already told her. So I don't know. I could see that coming up, but I also feel like it's not going to be a, a, a major fight. Candy isn't someone that if you start, try to start a confrontation with it, it gets ugly or anything like that. So she'd be easy to have a conversation with. Um, I just did think it was interesting that Candy stayed so tight-lipped on it when she knew. So interesting. And another thing that was interesting was the conversation that Portia had with her sister. What did you think about that? So Portia shares coming back from Canada that she's engaged again and has a pretty real conversation with her mom and her sister. I I liked that her mom and sister were like, oh my gosh, we're so excited for you. Yay, this is wonderful news. Yes, the idea of this family coming back together is great. And I think we are all rooting for Portia, not necessarily Portia and Dennis, but if that's what she wants, we're rooting for her. I think she needs to listen to her sister more. I think her sister was giving really, really good advice that you're kind of blinded by the excitement of this ring and you you need to still work on the things that you didn't the first time around so that this doesn't keep being a repeated cycle. And not to jump too far ahead, but I loved them that they had a true family conversation about how everyone was feeling about it and that Dennis's mom was there Portia's mom and sister were there. I thought it was a really open, honest communication amongst all of them. And I kind of, after that, had this sense of like, they might make it. Like They might be able to work past this. Because I feel like if you have the support of your family through something hard and then through the healing piece of it, it makes it much more likely that it's going to be a successful reconciliation. Absolutely. And I love that in that conversation that Portia held him accountable for his comments and how she felt. It was a very, very raw conversation. And that goes to show how important family was. Dennis was clearly very nervous and choked up. I give them, and I've said this before, and I'll say it a million times over, but I give Portia a lot, a lot of credit for showing really the ugly, ugly, and uglier side of a relationship, especially when infidelity is involved. So I give her a lot of credit for just kind of owning her situation and not hiding from it, but also like sharing her truth along the way. I agree. I think that's a, the, really the best way to put it. So just one other thing that I want to touch on before we move on from Atlanta onto Vanderpump Rules. 
we talked about how there were heartwarming moments. And I think one of the most heartwarming moments for me was watching all of the women in Eva's family celebrating the fact that Marley is now a Sterling. The pizza party I ate was so sweet. And part of the reason why I loved it is it was just a normal pizza party. I felt like this is something that one of our friends might have done if they were in a similar situation. This wasn't an over the top, you know, photo booth and big production. It was just a thank you to the people supporting her and a way to celebrate this really big day in both Eva and Marley's life. I, I don't know. I just loved it. I, I teared up when she started talking about it. It was really, really sweet. And it was great that they came to, uh, yeah, you said supportive. I, the sweetest part for me was her name on the cake. I know. I just, she was so excited. I love that she goes, Queen Sterling and Queen Sterling. I was just like, okay, that's adorable. When Eva was telling her her new name, um, she decided that both her and her mom are queens. And I think any mother of a daughter would agree that uh, your daughter sometimes is a queen and you are the queen as well. So it was <laughs> a very, very sweet episode. I loved it. I also loved the trailer. They said still to come and we got a good look into what's happening, Ooh. including, I mean, Kenya's divorce is we all thought it would probably be filmed and aired, but it's it, it's been confirmed. We're it's going to be touched on. She's going to have to talk about it, and I think we're going to learn about this double life. Oh my god! And another fight, another epic fight. I hate to say that I love fights because it's so absurd in everyday life, except in Housewives life. But it makes for so such good television. So I feel like you listening and Abby, you're my people. So I'm okay saying I love a good fight. Because it brings on the drama, and that's why we love to watch. Exactly. I mean, we're not, in in everyday life, I'm not encouraging moms to start fights in the pickup line. But on Housewife, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of down for this. Uh, So it's (laughs) going to be be good. Atlanta's always good. I just, I I think we sound like a broken record. But I just, I enjoyed this episode so much. And I think coming off the heels of some seasons that have been a little disappointing and a new show that is already dis- disappointing me just a couple episodes in Vanderpump rules. I I'm unpopular opinion. I don't like the new cast and I don't like this new season. I, and you, we were talking about this off air, I think. And as fans, well, we'll just talk about the stuff that we saw offline before we even talk about the episode. And we saw there were some racist tweets that unsurfaced for Max and Brett years ago I don't care if it was years ago it was it's dumb <laughs> like I, I I don't feel like there's an age where you're I don't think there's ever an age where something like that is okay is what I'm trying to say I think it was really really dominant honestly kind of shocks me that the producers didn't even look into this I know as someone when you're looking for a job the first thing that an employer might do is pull up your social media that's kind of a given. So I'm really surprised that the producers and the casting didn't catch that with Max and Brett. And then we find out some scenes are more edited than maybe we anticipated as viewers or naively anticipated. There's a scene with Ariana where it looks like her hair grows <laughs> in, a, in, in a moment. She also had totally different makeup, was wearing her hair differently. It was... So they reshot it. And I think what we're realizing is it's not just, oh, uh, let's reshoot, you know, you talking to so-and-so. I mean, this looked like it was weeks, maybe months later. Hair does not grow that fast. Yeah. And the thing is, they she said, she said it's a pickup shot, pickup. 
which is common. And I actually had to Google it. I was like, wait, what's that? Is that something being completely reshot or not? To me, it still feels like it's something being reshot. But basically, it says in filmmaking, a pickup is a small, relatively minor shot filmed or recorded after the fact to augment footage already shot. So that makes it still, that makes it even weirder. I think it's, it makes it weirder. Yeah, the fact that they're basically admitting we go back, watch things, and think, oh, that's not how we wanted it, or that didn't look as great. Let's go reshoot it. The point of reality TV is that it's supposed to be happening in the moment. I'm sure there are some things that production feeds the cast to make them feel a certain way. We've heard about that. I mean, that is the point of being a producer. You are producing the show. But to completely go back and reshoot it, I think, I don't know, it just to me makes me question how real is this and I know that everyone watching is like oh my god did we learn nothing from the hills it's all scripted but I just never felt like Vanderpump was that scripted because of the fact that what we would see in the show kind of played out in real life when you look at Jack's being pissed at Sandoval and the whole wedding thing like we saw that happen and I think if it were just fake in a storyline you wouldn't take it as far as really kicking someone out of your wedding and having a bachelor party and not including them Yes. And the thing too, that was kind of disheartening about that reshot pickup, whatever you want to call it. It was during a really intense conversation. Yeah. It wasn't just like, Oh, we're casually having drinks and shooting this shit. She was talking about being depressed and that she just kept thinking if she achieved these certain things in life, that things would be better. And here she is now with a great career, a beautiful house, a loving relationship, and she's still not happy. I don't, that's that's a weird scene to go back and reshoot months later, but they do it, which makes me makes you question a lot. But just to dive into the episode, though, we did just it was all over the place. We start with Brittany doing a boudoir shot. She had a hard time saying it, which I think we all can relate to that. I have a hard time saying that word, but it was. I don't know. It was very cliche for Brittany. I think like the bathtub covered in diamonds and bubbles everywhere. I'm sure Jax loved it though. He's kind of a, a dirty dog like that. I think he would love like pictures of his wife like that. Oh yeah. I thought that actually like the setup scenes, I was like, okay, is this going to photograph as well? And the few photographs I shared, I thought it was beautifully done. She looked great. looked amazing. I, the thing that made me laugh the most is that Brittany has a tramp stamp and it, sh- it shouldn't be that surprising, but that's what I focused on during that I, entire I season. mean, yeah, it's kind of those things like a weird, but not that weird situation that she has as a tramp stamp. Very fitting for her. I would say on brand for a 30-year-old girl from Kentucky. And I'm saying that as a 33 or 34. I keep forgetting how old I am. A 34-year-old person from Missouri. I know so many friends that got either a tramp stamp or an ankle tat once they got to college. So I'm sure she had something similar. She was probably left home, you know, was going to be cool. That or do you remember everyone getting their nose pierced uh, like junior, senior year or into college with the little rhinestone a la Christina Aguilera from the Dirty Age? Yes. Yes. I do remember that. It's very fitting for her. I was shocked, though. (laughs) Then it cuts to Lisa working out with Brett. So to me, it's really weird that you see this guy like, oh, he's a great trainer. Now I want him working in my restaurant. I'm just not necessarily seeing natural progression from physical trainer to 
wait staff. No, and this is why we have too many damn people on the show. It's like, <laughs> it's already all over the place. This is within, like, what, the first five minutes? It's too much. It's it's way too much, and I honestly, like, I can't, I can't keep up, and I keep confusing Max and Brett, and even Andy Cohen had the same issue on Watch What Happens Live with Kristen Dowdy. She was like, I know they're confusing. Uh, also, going back to this, there's been a meme about this. We'll have to share it in our stories, but I love that when... Max and Brett, both of them are found with these racist tweets. Lisa states that I embrace a community of diversity. And then they show a picture of the 18 people casted <laughs> on Vanderpump Rules. And they are all white, like white. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about like, oh, you see somebody on the street. And you're like, they might be like a hint of Jamaican or they're, you know, they definitely have like a, I wonder what their background is. These people are like, super white and coming from someone that has brownish blonde hair and blue eyes i can say that because i would fall into the category of super white uh you're, no so, you're right you're absolutely right that is super super comical i was actually thinking that as we were talking about the tweets and stuff i was like that makes it even more coming from a cast that anyways you said it all you said everything yeah. i wanted to say but so then we like like you said it's all over the place so if we feel like we're not transitioning well it's because there's no way to transition. It was so choppy. So we go from that to Lala in the studio with her brother, who's a rapper from Salt Lake City. Kind of a weird dynamic there, but hey, go Lala's brother. She invites James and basically wants to reconcile with him. He is now embracing sobriety. She wants to encourage that. I do think, you know, as James said in BravoCon and Lala has said as part of getting clean and starting a new life where you are free of a vice, whether it's alcohol or drugs is apologizing and reconciling um, some of the things you've had in the past with other people. And so James and Lala obviously have had a very up and down friendship. So she wants them to be in a place where they're okay. I'm happy for this. I think this is the start of seeing the new James. This is maybe the only part of the, season I'm looking forward to minus Stassi and Bo's engagement. Yeah, it was really nice. I've always loved them together. I love it when they're shady together. I think they can be really, really fun. They do have a fun friendship. So I was really, really happy to see. We saw glimpses of that in social media. We saw them in the studio. And we we're all like, oh my God, they must have reconciled. Because it was pretty toxic there for a minute. But you know, outside of Stassi and Bo and Lala and James, I'm actually kind of enjoying Sheena. She okay, good point. And we need to give Chanel a little like snaps for her funny little comments. She has been killing it with these little one liners, which is not very Sheena like in the sense that I don't think she is very typically very witty. She's not usually very quick witted, nor is she typically one who makes fun of herself. And I think after all these seasons of seeing herself look like an idiot, she's like, okay, I'm I need to embrace the fact that I say some dumb things and I've done some dumb stuff. So when she's talking about Max and kind of making fun of him, uh, I love that she was talking about how you try to bang, or it actually was the uh, the other manager who was on suspension, was talking about how he tried to, he banged two different women in two different nights, claiming that he is a part owner in Tom Tom. Then when they were doing the wedding, tacky wedding dress shopping for Britney's bachelorette party, they thought that would be fun to do. They've seen on social media women doing this. Sheena goes, well, everyone thought my first wedding dress was tacky. I guess I could wear that. I about died. That was so funny. It was so funny. The And it was even funny. And I think she kind of maybe realized that in the moment. But who did she give an Apple Watch to? 
she I gave I it to remember. Max. Right? So yeah, yeah, I can't even remember. It's it's Max. Humble. She's been she's trying to make out with Brett again or something like that. But she hooked up with Max for a little bit. And yeah, she bought him an Apple Watch for Thanksgiving, which I didn't know Thanksgiving was a gift giving holiday. I'm kind she of pissed. Just- all these years. Have you ever gotten a Thanksgiving gift from anyone? No, I mean, maybe there's a reason now, but yeah, <laughs> it, it made me laugh. It just made me laugh. So I think she's actually going to be kind of comical and in, like, even for dumb gifts like that, I think she's going to be kind of enjoyable to watch. She is. I, and she also kind of is one of the few that can transition from, you know, the old cast. She was part of the original cast. Let's not forget how Vanderpump Rules started, everyone. We were in the words of Vicky, I was conned, but we, we didn't know Vanderpump Rules was happening. We're watching Beverly Hills and Brandy has a sit down conversation with Sheena because Sheena had an affair with Eddie when Brandy and Eddie were married. And that's how we were introduced to Sheena. So I would say she's come a long way, but she was from that original cast. She really was part of what I think cultivated the show happening with that crossover with, for Lisa Vanderpump. But she's also the only one that hasn't really gone into this like married, settling down phase of life. She's older, so she's friends with that group. But she also is trying to hook up with the newbies. She's the one that's sort of the liaison between the new and the old. Yes. But I, so yeah, Sheena's been great. I love that she's making fun of herself. I also, speaking of funny though, I think Dana, for doing stand-up comedy, so we get to see her do a stand-up routine. Is she Amy Schumer yet? No, but I'm sure when Amy Schumer and some of these famous, you know, comedians first started, Nikki Glaser is one that comes to mind too. They, they probably weren't amazing from the start. I think she has potential to be a good stand-up comedian. I do too. I actually, out of all the newbies, I kind of wish that Dana is really the only one that joined the cast. Although I guess maybe it could have been kind of weird, but she's the only one that I've enjoyed her the most on camera. I've enjoyed her interviews her quick wit her not being afraid to share what she thinks so I I like her story a lot in terms of the new people I could do without the rest but I'm liking Dana and I want to do a poll on our stories and see if we think she's going to have a Netflix comedy special one day I think she will in a couple years I don't think she will right away but I I think this is something that is going to become a career for her I hope it does I did think it was interesting she said that she's she's doing this and working at Sir in hopes of leaving her uh, job in medical device sales. And we found out she got fired from that job for being on the show. So I just thought that was kind of ironic that she mentioned that probably not realizing that she was about to be fired from that position anyway. Uh, but really then like the last thing, cause we touched on Ariana's just struggle with her mental health. And I applaud anybody who talks about it openly on a reality TV show, because I think there are so many people struggling with mental health and breaking the stigma behind it. You know, there used to be this perception that if you couldn't handle your own problems, you were a weak person. And I think that's why we saw and are seeing such high rates of teen suicide uh, and just overall an, an increase in depression and anxiety. So people who are willing to talk about their struggle, I applaud them because I think you're going to help somebody else along the way. But the really the last part of the episode, and it ends with Kristen kind of breaking up with Carter. I'm so confused with what, what's happening here. Why is everyone discussing them breaking up and basically telling Carter they're broken up except, like, Kristen? I don't know. And it was the only 
time, I hope I say this, that Jax was actually <laughs> the voice of reason. Immature. The fact and, that he's like, fine, I'll have this discussion with Carter. And he basically was like, I'm going to lay it out. He didn't lie. He didn't throw anyone under the bus. He just said, you're not coming to my bachelor party. And honestly, in that moment and seeing how manipulative Carter is with Kristen, that's why I thought he reminded me immediately of Joe from you. We made a meme about that. A lot of you are so insulted that Carter is compared to a fake character who kills people that <laughs> Joe is too good for that. That's honestly the funniest part for me. <laughs> I know they're like, you're, how dare you insult Dan Humphrey? And I was like, one, Dan Humphrey, everybody is a fictional character. But we're just saying the guy, you know, Joe from you, who also has had many other names, does have some tendencies similar to Carter. So I thought it was a great comparison, um, but it was really fun to watch the comments and see people get fired up over it. Yes, please uh, read the comments. A lot of people are Joe shipping really, really hard for Joe. Yeah. I, I mean, I love you. I will say it's uh, a great show. I'm not going to give any spoilers away because I know there's some people who are probably still watching it, but season two started slow, definitely picks up and does not disappoint. Uh, and I guess you could also say New Jersey doesn't disappoint. Although I am so sick of this. I mentioned it earlier, this fake storyline of Melissa and Joe trying to have a child. She's not pregnant right now. I'm, I also, I don't think that it's, you know, laughable for anybody wanting to grow their family. I just think we all know that she really doesn't probably want another kid. I think she's doing this for a storyline. I did think it was kind of funny though, that the reason why they might not have the best chances of getting pregnant is because Joe sperm, Mr. As Melissa said, Mr. Tarzan only has three swimmers and typically you have 15 million swimmers. That's a lot. I mean, it was pretty hilarious and that her, their kids picked up on it. I enjoyed her making fun of him for it. And he seemed to kind of laugh too. But I'm kind of like, what supplements are you taking? Well, I think there's maybe some illegal um, black market ones because there's no way that just that, like, what did he say? It was some cream, like, or cream that has testosterone, extra testosterone in it, that that is going to so dramatically drop your sperm count. But anyone list out there listening that has like a background in hormones and fertility, you know, correct us if we're wrong and we will post it. We're always, we love being corrected. So don't think that we're ever defensive or think we know everything. I just think that's a little odd that I'm guessing like there's steroids or something else going on. Oh, Maybe some sure. HGH or something. <laughs> for sure. But really the main thing around New Jersey this week was surrounding this drag queen mother's day brunch with which there were so many different parts to discuss of that but the biggest piece was marge made the decision not to invite Teresa. i actually agree with her even though as Teresa said mother's day is hard for her because she is a single parent joe is in jail i also though i'm just kind of this is gonna sound really insensitive but for seasons now even before the whole jail thing started it's just it's always Poor me with Teresa. I feel like she's always like, I have so much going on. You know, I have four kids. I'm start, trying to start a business. Then it was the, you know, rumors of the tax fraud and tax evasion. And then it was, she went to jail. I think everybody has a lot going on. It's not an excuse for not saying sorry to someone or for not standing up for a friend. So I understand why Marge was like, I'm not going to invite her to my brunch if she can't even say that she disagrees with what Danielle did. And instead she stood in Danielle's corner. And I think that's a consequence for that action. But what did you think about Teresa being snubbed from the brunch? 
I'm probably maybe in the minority on this, but I think she should have invited her merely for the fact Mother's Day probably is a hard day of thinking about the loss of her mother since it hadn't been that long ago. So just for that alone, I think they could have brushed it aside and she should have invited her. She'd already gotten her gift. It could have maybe squashed any of the beef that they had between us. So I think she should have invited her and let her decide not to come. I think she probably wouldn't have come and that would have been a bigger uh, insult. I don't know. I just think too, I think Teresa is never one to really say, I'm sorry. She always feels like everyone owes her an apology. She's always trying to twist a situation where she is in the wrong to make it the other person's fault. And now she's standing on this whole Marge said, I'm an embarrassment. I would be embarrassed if I was at that place and somebody pulls my hair, destroys the candle and you run out and chase that person and support them. I do think that's embarrassing. It was, you know, and for me, I would have hoped that Teresa would have first apologized to the store owner and be like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Let me go. I need to go talk to her. But instead she kind of rushed to her corner. But uh, it's just interesting to me too, that at this drag queen brunch, I thought it was great. She had all the women bring their moms. We've, we've never seen all of the moms interact like that. It was fun watching them exchange stories about their kids uh, and what it's like to raise these women. But you could tell that Jennifer Aiden's mom was so, so uncomfortable and Jennifer doing an impersonation of her mom be like, I don't get it. Is it a man? Is it a woman? What is it? What's going on here? This is not okay. Um, I, it was, I thought it was kind of fun watching her feel so uncomfortable because of how close-minded she's been about her son. Um, and that comes up later and it becomes a, of an emotional conversation between Jennifer and her mom. But I loved kind of watching her squirm because I wanted to be like, you need to open your eyes. This is how people are today. And it's not the world's biggest problem isn't homosexuality and drag queens. There's a lot more, you yeah. know, there's big shit going on. So why don't you just embrace this piece of life and focus on the big things. But overall, what were your favorite parts of the brunch? The brunch, it was, it was kind of like you said, I enjoyed the drag queens. I think they're, I don't know that it to me, I, I love drag queens. I think they're really, really fun. I didn't know if like lap dances and stuff was really like Mother's Day brunch to me. <laughs> like I would have to have a couple of cocktails for that, but I'm still here for it. It was really, it was fun. I will say the stories shared were all over the place, not all over the place in the sense of it not making sense, just all over the place with Marge Sr. admitting that she was more of a friend than a mother and what that's why Marge Jr. Marge doesn't drink so that was a little heartbreaking and I felt like a little awkward at the table because like what do you say to that but it's their relationship so gave us yeah, a glimpse it, into that it was kind of heavy amongst a group of people that have never met Marge Sr. Like, I don't think Jackie's mom or Jennifer's mom have, has ever met her I'm pretty sure Dolores's mom and Marge Sr. have probably run into one another but it like you said it is kind of a weird conversation to have with people that don't know you very well. I thought it was also really odd that Jackie, I love Jackie, but I could not believe the fact that she knew that this guy she didn't want to marry was about to propose to her. So she asked her mom to buy the ring from the guy and then never give it back to him. And the whole story there was her mom said to the guy, I'm going to buy the ring from you and give you this money back. And then when I think you guys are ready, you'll have my blessing and you can buy the ring back for me. So her mom basically spent $15,000, which that must have been a massive ass ring, 
$15,000 just because her daughter couldn't break up with someone. I was like, whoa, you've got some money. I feel like, I and I know Jackie was just on Watch What Happens Live, and I'll have to rewatch it or watch the episode. But I mean, I feel like there's some gaps missing in that story to at least make it make sense or maybe just won't ever make sense. But why? Just break up with the guy. No man should be given $15,000 to not marry someone. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, agreed. Um, but we did find out she clearly has a lot of money because that Hampton home is gorgeous. I loved and I applaud Jennifer for Googling it. I know you made a note of this. I think anytime someone's like, oh, come to my, you know, my family's lake house or whatever it is. I don't know if anyone else does this, but naturally, like I Google it and look up the house and I'll even take it a step further. When someone buys a new home and they tell me that their new address of course, like I go and Google it, look it up on Zillow, not to be like, oh my God, they spent X amount of money on a house. I just like snooping and seeing what it actually looks like. Uh, but I love that she's like $50,000 a month to rent this place. That must be a fucking nice beach house. No, I loved it so much. I, we've been saying this before. We love Jennifer so much more She this season than last season. She's done a complete 180 as a housewife. And I, I'm sorry, I look at it for the price. <laughs> Um, I mean, that it's a nice home, and but I will say so. Any type of popular beach, they are beachfront, that is expensive piece of real estate, whether it's a perfect, beautiful home or not. But it was a beautiful home on the inside, and I think this Hamptons trip is going to be interesting just given the fact that Teresa and Marge are just only fighting even more. And then, you know, we see clips of Jackie admitting, I have family money, and Jennifer being like, spend it, spend it. Which then in turn somehow starts a fight between Jennifer and Melissa. And you know, Tequila Jennifer is like Tequila Katie. And we see a scene of like her throwing something at Melissa, and Melissa gets up very like deja vu from their, was it Mexico last year? I think year? it was Mexico, yeah. Yeah. So uh, lots to come still on New Jersey. And, um, you know, we're here for it. I would say, Pump, please pick it up. Atlanta, keep doing what you're doing. Jersey, just lose the fake storylines because you don't you don't need them, and that's uh, I think Bravo in a nutshell for this week. Yes, and then one other thing that we were going to share that happened with Bravo, just like spend sixty seconds on it, was Brandy from Dallas released a quick statement. She came uh, not even a, like a statement; she actually verbal statement from coming out. Basically, we'll save you the time. It was ten minutes of feeling like she was very victimized and feeling like a bully and not a lot of time really sharing a, an apology. That said, though, she did seem pretty um, shooken up and you could tell she's going she, through a yeah. hard time and she was kind of shaky throughout. But I don't know what that is going to do for Dallas, but we'll see. I So we've heard some rumors. Um Every now and then we have people sort of slide into our DMs and say, I heard this, I heard that. You know, we don't know if this is true. We don't like vet all these people out. But there are a few rumors I keep hearing that they're going to do a huge shakeup and the only people that are going to be left standing in Dallas are going to be Cameron and Stephanie. Mm. Which will be interesting. Um, so with that, though, it brings us to our shout out of the week. And it's very rare that we give a shout out to uh, an individual male. We've done a team of males when the Chiefs won and the Blues won. But this week's shout out goes to Mike Sterling for being the model of 
what every dad should be. And that is loving your children, regardless of if you are their biological father or not. Um, like we said, you know, bringing a child into this world doesn't necessarily make you, make you a parent, loving them and supporting them and encouraging them are the key qualities that do. So we just applaud you, Mike. We think that it's so beautiful that you have given this gift, not just to Marley, but also to Eva, you know, giving her the family that she's always wanted. Yes. And they make beautiful children too. Stunning. Little Mikey Jr. Oh my gosh. I want to eat eyes. Beautiful. Um, so that is the end of this week's podcast. We have a few special things in store this week. So make sure that you are subscribing to us because when we drop a special episode, you are definitely going to want to listen to it. You can listen to us anywhere where you podcast. And if you haven't already done so, please, please, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. This helps us become more recognizable to other people. It also allows us just to expand our reach which means we get to do more fun bonus episodes with very interesting people that we know you love. And as news breaks, such as you know the Brandy situation, when we hear rumors of something going on, the place to find out is with our Instagram. So if you're not already following us, we are at Real Moms of Bravo on Instagram, and you will always be up to date on what's happening in the Bravo world. And with that, we will talk to you soon.